everybody, we are back for another week of Megasheen, your podcast for all geeky gay things from a Black perspective. And I forgot who I am. I am Victor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nick. (laughs) Oh, well, we are, you know, more people getting vaccinated. Um, Places are opening up. We are going to be in a a new tier and by the end of the week, this coming week, um, where certain things are opening up and, you know, folks are already out here in the streets and it's because it's sunny, it's warm. And I think we're going to surge again, but (laughs) I'm trying to be hopeful, but I don't know. But anyway, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? Uh, Let's see. I'm doing okay. I got my first vaccine shot this past Thursday, I think, um, down at the stadium. And what else? I don't know. I I think I said it maybe last episode, but um, because, you know, we've been home and under some kind of quarantine for like the past at least more than a year uh, and movies have been like Oscar nominated movies have been dropping. I was able to watch uh, Billie Holiday, United States versus Billie Holiday, um, uh, Judas versus the Black Messiah, and oh, what else did I watch? I watched another movie, uh, the one with uh, Ma Rainey's uh, oh, Black, Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. And I also watched this little short. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called If Anything Happens, I Love You. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I was in fucking tears on that oh. one. Now, how was the Billie Holiday? Because people... <laughs> Now, see, I am not familiar with Billie Holiday's story. So I don't know if this was, if they went like word for word or scene for scene of how her autobiographical picture should have been. Mm-hmm. But I thought um, Audrey, Audra, is Audrey or Audra? Audra Day? I thought she was good. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen her uh, in act in anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that she's nominated for an Oscar and that she got, uh, what did she get? Did she get the Golden Globe? Golden Globe, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, what was it? It's in Trayvon, Trayvante Rhodes in that. Yeah. He, he was okay. Everybody else was just like, and, yeah. Uh, Miss Lawrence was good. Um, but yeah, it it was. I knew that they were going to do her dirty. I knew I was going to be a pissed off. Mm. And me watching these, uh, I think I watched like Judas and a Black Messiah and the Billy Holiday movie like back to back. So I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna be pissed off this whole fucking day. I'm about to say, you're about to be just mad at everybody. Right, I'm about to start <laughs> knocking down builders and cussing out white folks, you know, just around the block. Um, but it was, I need to do more research about the, the making of the story and how close did they uh, 
they stuck to mm-hmm. um, her actual life events. But yeah. hmm. well, I would say you might you might want to watch Lady Sing the Blues. Yeah, I think I need to see that. Isn't it on HBO Max? It might be because I'm thinking because you know Diana Ross was nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah, and she lost to I think Liza Minnelli. Uh, for cabaret, cabaret. But uh, I need to go back and watch it. I haven't seen that. I saw it in pieces. I need to go back and get that one because people are comparing the two since it's about Billie Holiday. So I am. I'm no. I might. I have to sit down and look at that because I. I got kind of caught up with people saying they hated that movie because of what Lee Daniels did. And I was like, oh Lord. You sorry. know, Miss Daniels is gone. Daniels. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't hate it. Yeah. It wasn't. I, I might not watch it again. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. It's like one of those movies that you like. Get out. I only needed to see Get Out one time. Oh. As good as it was, yeah. I don't need to see that movie again, especially because it's so fucking triggering. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Pressers again, like about a month ago. So I was like, Why am I watching this again? Um, yeah, why, I, why fucking do that? I forgot it. But uh, recently, I just watched the Tina Turner documentary last night. Mm-hmm. How was that? Oh, it's really good. It's really good. Because um, we, we all know the story, but there was just parts in it, like, you know, you saw more, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And uh, she was there, of course, she was just talking through it. You know, Tina is Tina. Tina looks great to have been around for so long and you realize that she's been doing this since she was 17 and because somebody was like you know how is she up there on stage for two hours just running around and i'm like i guess if you've been doing this since you're 17 and you know you when she got private dancer she was in her 40s already that was something like she wanted to work like she was one of those people who like i want to work I want to get out there because I never. I want to do the things I wanted to do. I couldn't do because of hype. But just knowing that whole story, how she found love, and there was one part that made me tear up because it was about she didn't think she deserved love because she didn't have love growing up when her mother and father left, um, and then she didn't really have love with Ike, uh, and she wasn't able. She was loving the kids. But she didn't always feel love back because she was traveling so much she wasn't there. Um, and she, when she did come home, she did everything she could to make sure the kids felt love. But she was like, I never got any of that back. Um, and she, she was talking to Kurt Loder, who wrote the book or co-wrote the book, I, Tina. Oh, good old <laughs> and, Kurt. And, they were, and I was like, I forgot about Kurt Loder. But you know, he was in the documentary too. And uh, he, he was talking- her age, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize how old he was. Um, well, Kurt Loder's been doing, because I remember him, you know, from the MTV days when yeah. he was the uh, news correspondent yeah. way back when. And then what was interesting was uh, he played some tapes of when they were going, when they were talking and they were putting the book together. And um, there's a part where she said that she doesn't know she would ever have love, you know, because she never had it. And this was before she found um, her husband. Uh, but she was like, I don't know if I ever, she said, I have been on this earth. She, she was cussing and everything about, you know, and I don't think I will ever know what that would be 
be like. And then when she found her man, she told that man that she liked him. He was like 30 years old and she was like almost 50. And she told him, she said, when I get back to LA, you're going to make love to me. Well, um, he's like, so get ready. And he was like, oh, well, because she's like, I want to be made love to. And it made me think about that clip of New York when she was telling that man, I want my name dropped. I want my eggs cracked. That's what literally what <laughs> you know, told her. She's like, I want you. She said, when I get back to LA, you're going to make love to me. Um, so <laughs> I was like, okay, Tina, she was, she telling you what she wanted. And she was like, she was, she was, it was most about her taking control of her life and wanting the things that she deserved. And then she was like, this is, I didn't think I deserved the things until I got to my forties. And then and even then, some people, you know, yeah. think. And, but. and I didn't know she's never seen the movie. She's never watched What's Love Got to Do With It. And that was interesting too. Um, even though she, she helped her, even though she helped Angela Bassett, like, mm -hmm. I mean, why would she want to see it anyway? You know, mm -hmm. it makes sense. Like, I don't, I, I personally, I don't think I would have wanted to see those, like, relive some of those images or those experiences mm -hmm. again. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't blame her for that. Yeah, they showed a press conference where she was sitting right next to Angela Bassett and, they, and they, somebody asked her, have you seen it? No, she's like, I don't want to see it. Why would I want to see it? Like she approved of the stuff being in the movie. But right. she's like, I don't need to see it. I lived it. I didn't need to know that stuff. But she she was like, but I knew Angela was going to tell the story and do the story justice. Because she was like, you know, like Angela is this person. She's going to be able to do it. And they, you know, and Angela Bass is in the interview. Um, Oprah's in the interview. Like, it's good. I think you should watch it. It's two hours, but it goes by really fast. So if you have some time. Goes by real fast, unlike one movie on HBO Max. We'll be talking about that. But you know what? Let's go ahead and just get into <laughs> the tea because a lot kind of, well, you know, some stuff happened. Some good stuff happened. You know, Lil Nas X. Let's talk about let's talk about Miss Lil Nas X. Yes, so she dropped her video, um, "Call Me by Your Name," <laughs> and uh, it just flipped the script. And, and you know, it's for something mainstream. That was a big thing for what he did. You know, his the way he looked. You know, grinding up on Satan. Um, basically, especially for us black gays who grew up around the church where we were told we had homosexual demon in us and all that stuff and everything's a sin. He was basically spit that back out at everybody. Um, mm -hmm. Gave you pole dancing, heels, um, everything you could think of he put in this video that just kind of really changed, I believe changed a different view of, of black queer, like the vision of what it is to be black and queer because we've seen Madonna do things we've seen Lady Gaga do things we've seen other people do it but I feel like what he did was something new and different to right I think um well it would have made a world of difference for a lot of gay queer I mean black queer kids growing up to see this, to see that, well, like, for example, me, mm -hmm. it would have made a world of difference to see that when I was growing up, as far as, you know, trying to handle 
my sexuality coupled with anxiety and depression surrounding my uh, sexuality. So that's number one. Number two, you know, some of these uh, other artists, predominantly heterosexual artists, are granted this whole, um, they're granted the space to express their sexuality and be suggestive and raunchy as they can possibly be without any kind of repercussion or anything of that nature. But yet you see Lil Nas X do this and all of a sudden they, you have to, oh, you have to watch what you put in front of children and yada, 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 and this, that, the third. And I'm like, well, you know, y'all didn't have an issue with all of the other music videos by straight artists that were out. Or at least if you did, you kept it to yourselves. And then it's not there, uh, speaking from all of, for all of these artists, it's not the artist's job to raise your kids. It's your responsibility to raise your kids. And if you deem something that is not, uh, shouldn't be in their eyes, they shouldn't be watching, then that's your responsibility to keep that from them, whatever that might be. And whatever, however you want to raise your child, that's on you. Don't put it on any of these artists. Don't put it on Little Nas X. Don't put it on a Lady Gaga or a Madonna or a Beyonce or whoever the case might be to raise your children, especially when these ain't they ain't even their kids. That's number two. And, and number three is these artists, these gay artists are really because Little Nas is just not the only one that's making these kind of headwinds in front of these, like the church and whatnot, all these holier than thou black folks. Um, I think it's refreshing. And if you didn't like it, if you did like it, whatever the case may be, you are still talking about it. And at the end of the day, art would in whatever format it is, whether it be music, uh, sculptures, architecture, whatever, the basis of the basis of their art is for it to be talked about and have a conversation about. Yeah. And I, you know, it was something to see. It was something to admire about him throwing himself out there like that because he could have just done something just normal. Mm -hmm. uh, say that's not normal, but to, he just could have like a regular video or whatever. Um, but to do all the things that he did in this video, you know, it excited people, scared some people, but I think that was the point. And I'm, I'm proud of that he did it. I'm proud that he um, put himself out there. And I, you know, the reactions have been very positive. Um, and so I'm looking forward to see what else he has, you know, in store for us. Um, and I think we should be supportive of that as it happens. Um, and I hope more Black queer artists do more and come out more and be seen more. They're there. We know they're there, but we would like to see just more and more and more to uh -huh. a point where it's no longer a taboo or, you know, shocking. It's like, oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, 
So I hope to see that. I saw the, uh, he had posted a text message from his dad uh, and his dad was congratulating him. And I'm like, if you got the support of your, your family, then what everybody else says to me is like moot. You know, I don't give a fuck what you say. If my mom and sisters are with me, then, you know, a double fuck you. That's how I feel too. Well, keep it up, Lil Nas X. We'll keep looking, see what, what, what will come more from this new album that you're about to drop. And that, you know, that is that. So that's, that's hope for the best. Um, speaking of dropping, Comic-Con is coming back, uh, but not virtually. This weekend was WonderCon and you really wouldn't have known. <laughs> I feel bad for WonderCon. I don't think anybody really knew unless you are dying. I knew. Um, and I know from Prism standpoint, we were doing some stuff, but I was like- I mean, we got the emails from it. I'm like, oh, that's still going on. Okay. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I was like, well, that's cute. <laughs> you know, um, but San Diego Comic-Con, which normally happens in July, is coming back live on Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> so for many of you who did not get to spend time with your families, um, during Thanksgiving due to um, the Pandorica, they are asking you to either spend time with your family or come spend time with us for a bunch of folks that we don't know if they've been vaccinated or not. So <laughs> um, don't know what to really think about that. It feels very California centric because it's like, well, those of us who live, I live three hours away from San Diego. For those of us who live close, who can just drive, fly, whatever, um, and a ticket to fly to San Diego is usually like no more than $100. The train ticket is 34. <laughs> we can go, but everybody else, and what was the point of doing it on the weekend or doing it throughout that, that time where most people may want to go home for the first time? Right. Um, there was a lot of mixed reviews. Some people were like, oh, that's cool. You know, we can come in Thanksgiving. A lot of people were like, that's too close to Christmas, money. Um, some of us are just now getting back on track, you know, because some people have been furloughed. Some people are going back to work now. That's a lot. And so I just felt like, do we need to do that? Or can we just wait to 2022 where everybody can get a shot to come in? Right. I, I think they should have waited. Yeah. They definitely should have waited. So yeah, the, the, more is coming out. I haven't really decided if I'm going to go uh, because, you know, this is an opportunity I can actually go and see my mom. You know, I can go, granted it's Buffalo and that's not the best time to go. <laughs> to, at all. <laughs> not because you can be trapped in Buffalo at that time of the year. But it's just, again, for those who really want to see their families or actually want to do something different for Thanksgiving this year. I don't know. I don't know if that's the best time, but we will see as more things come along with that. But yeah, Comic-Con did announce that yesterday, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, going a little bit into a different direction, where the last two episodes of now Marvel's next big um, theory laden series Falcon and Winter Soldier has been out 
Um, and it's been very interesting because we're going to spoil some stuff. Basically, what we're doing, what they're doing is, um, you know, it goes in, you know, Sam has returned the shield to the government. Government has decided to, um, they want a new Captain America. So we have a new Captain America now. Uh, I can't believe it's not butter ass <laughs> Captain America. Well, yes. get the fuck out of here. Uh, he even has a black sidekick um, who is named Bright Star or something like that, which I laughed at Bucky when he said his name. And Bucky was like, stop the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> stop the car. I was like, Bright Star. Um, but also, Bucky is going through therapy, dealing with all the things he has done over the years as the Winter Soldier assassin. Um, Sam can't get alone. Um, so he is facing the blackness of his life um, as he right. his family kind of, you know, get out of situations. So um, they was doing all of this uh, Avenger, Avenger ass shit like for free. Was it like a co-op or an internship or? No, that was shocking to me. I, I guess because you know in the comics they all they live they can live in the Avengers man mansion, or always or they had their own places, which always looked very nice. So I never thought of them as being poor or anything else. Or even like you think about X Men, they all live in Xavier had. Boo coodles of money. They just lived in that mansion. Technically, they, the X Men were poor. Xavier was rich. Yeah, but for some reason, you know, Storm was always dressed. Everybody was dressed. Avengers on their other lives was dressed. You know, it was just like interesting to see that they really didn't have the money. Once Tony, once Tony was gone, that money was gone. And right. If, <laughs> it was like <laughs> that episode of Jim where uh, the Misfits had took over a Starlight Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was broke. Well, yeah, I remember when Jim was like, well, I think she was like, they were trying to get like a million dollars. She was like, I gotta pay. We gotta right. pay all the <laughs> for the kids to get the house up. We ain't rich. I think it was funny when they was like, we ain't rich. We gotta pay all this stuff. But yeah, Sam, you know, you learned that they, they struggle a little bit and, you know, um, made you wonder what was going on. And I thought it was interesting that Bucky got, Bucky is pardoned. And I saw a lot of people talk about like, yeah, the white man is pardoned for it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, was like, I don't want to get into that in that sense. I feel like if Bucky was any race, he would be pardoned just because of the fact that that, that was out of his control. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. it was interesting just to see how that worked, how the government is really involved. We never really seen how, we saw how the government did get involved in the first Avengers because it was kind of that, that secret group that was kind of funding everything before they kind of killed them off in uh, Winter Soldier. Um, right. Then you saw the government really kind of show their asses when they took that shield and gave it to this new person. Didn't even ask Sam, hey, Sam, would you like to serve? Since Captain gave it to you, mm -hmm. would you like to serve? But I think because Sam said he didn't want to, something, the way he put it, I guess they took it as he don't want to do it. But they found this, you know, regular smegular guy who doesn't have the super serve. He's just... He's basically Black Widow, just male. Um, he's able to do everything else. But they have this new enemy, or are they enemies? Um, I don't think so. The Flag Smashers, or yeah. yeah. They have the Super Serum, and they just out here kicking ass, but they stole it, and somebody is like, I'm coming for my stuff. I think that's where Baron Zemo is. We don't know. But somebody's like, I'm coming for my stuff. And so they on the run, not just from the government, but from whoever this is. 
Right. So that is, it's, I, I'm, I'm loving these two episodes. Um, I love the fact when they did start working together with the new Captain America, um, you can see the hate boy. Bucky is like, you don't have to write them. Call me Bucky. Like he's, he's about to fight. Every minute I'm like, Bucky's about to go off. But at the same time, Bucky is, Lord, he's, that, that brooding look works for him very much. Like you just want to do all types of stuff with Bucky. Like I felt Bucky's pain when he was like, when he told Sam, like if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. I was like, oh no, y'all need, somebody hold Bucky, Lord, he's just. Right. He needs to I, let's talk about um, in episode two where they introduce uh, the character Isaiah Bradley. Cause Ooh. if you didn't know, I don't know, I am not familiar with the background of the Falcon as he took up the the mantle mm. of uh, the Captain America. Um, and the actor, if you didn't know, the actor who plays Isaiah Bradley is Carl Lumby, and he's most famous for uh, his... Um, the voice acting in Justice League. He was Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting, especially in the context of uh, how they kept this Black man secret for so many years, and he was the original one, and like they kind of just casted him off like he was uh, broken goods or what have you, until he didn't serve a purpose anymore. They just kind of just casting them off. Like they do with so many Black people once yeah. they outserve they per- their purpose, especially with the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested, I want to see like a uh, a flashback to the relationship Isaiah had with Bucky because there's some, there's a a thread there that still can resonate with race relations today mm-hmm. that I think they're going to explore more, hopefully, in this this series, which I, I didn't realize it was only six episodes, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer, but... Well, yeah, they have 50 minutes of peaks. I know I'm up at midnight, and I'm like, ooh, 50 minutes. <laughs> that, I mean... You up at midnight, we was up at three. Yeah. And so um, it's fascinating because, yeah, I feel like they, they are really getting into the race issues because um, there's things Sam have said about, you know, like, I think they were saying something about like, well, we know we have all these things to make sure something's taken care of. And he's like, yeah, because y'all always have the resources. Y'all always have those things. And um, Isaiah's moment where he told Bucky, like, I want to see what happened, the fight, because apparently they uh-huh. did. And he, was, he did something to his arm, took his arm or something like that. But the story of Isaiah Bradley, um, if y'all don't know, it's in comic form. It's called Red, White, and Black. And um, it's great comics. I have them. Um, and I, I'm going to go back and re- read them. Uh, but it's really about him, how he took on that mantle. Um, now, in this one, I think he was before in the comics. In this one, I think, um, because Captain America was gone, you know, that's when they start trying to do this stuff again. And I hope he is seeing more in this because his grandson is the Patriot who joins Young Avengers. He's something similar to that. Oh. 
So, and I think we did see his grandson in this one. I think that is his grandson. He opened the door. Yeah, so it's like, it'll be interesting to see, but um, that whole story about Isaiah Bradley was very good, very good. And I hope um, they really explore it. Now the people who are writing and working on this, the showrunner, I think is Morgan Swirlock. Um, he is a black writer, he's a um, producer. Um, Interesting thing about Morgan, Morgan is great. He's a great person. He's worked on um, Empire and everything else, but he came under fire for, I think he kind of defended um, Confederate. Uh Um, But, and I understood what he was saying when he was doing it. Um, But, you know, people, you know, sometimes people can get, take things way too far with on Twitter, but he, he is really good at what he does. He is very good at what he does. And I feel like because he's worked on that, he's worked on Blackish, he's worked on many other things. We're going to get into the exploration of Black lives in this hero world. And what does that look like? Even when they're about to get arrested. um, Let's talk about that part. When they got arrested and, you know, I told the boyfriend, that that shit pissed me the fuck off. Because I was like, oh, is this man bothering you? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, you know, this is the exact same thing that happens when we when you go out into the uh, real world and the police roll up on you. And if you're not even driving, they ask to see your license. Or, hell, I was at the mall yesterday and there was an incre- increased police presence. And... I'm like, okay, maybe I, I don't want to make eye contact with the these any of these officers because they might find that as hostile or whatever the case may be. You know, it's just those little things that you have, to, as a Black person, you have to think about when you step out into the real world. And that scene when they were in, well, I think they were in Baltimore, weren't they? When the police rolled up on them and they like, oh, we got a disturbance. I'm like, bitch, you ain't got no motherfucking disturbance. You was looking for trouble. You was looking for niggas because you was in a black neighborhood and a black city, and you thought you could throw your weight around. And then they them taking Bucky to jail. <laughs> right, and then Bucky's a uh, white ass. He's like, oh, you got a warrant out for your arrest, Miss Girl. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I like. It's a different pace of, of what's happening here, but I am very interested in seeing who is the big enemy in this. Is it Baron Zemo? Is it somebody else we don't expect? Uh, I'm interested to see Sharon's story because Sharon should be mad because mm-hmm. she was somewhat dating Captain America. Steve basically said, You're cute, but I'm going back for your aunt. <laughs> Went back to- right, right, ew. <laughs> That's a lot, but we'll you know we'll keep talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier because I think it's a uh, I think it's really good so far. It's a lot going on. Bucky looks good in his pants. Um, Sam looks good in his Sam got cakes too. So yeah, this is this is all just really good. Everybody's caked up, so we're gonna really, really enjoy watching the rest of this series going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, anything else before we get into our king <laughs> size? madness no uh let's go ahead and jump into it because lord yeah well snyder cut came out last last week two weeks ago 
Um, we everybody watched it. Um, everybody had plenty of things to say about it. Um, so what we're going to do is talk about what we if we you know, we'll just talk overall and then anything that we liked. Um, and interesting thing is, this movie is still not streaming as much as Wonder Woman in 1984. So it's behind the numbers of that. Um, Warner Brothers have said that they don't have any more plans of the Snyderverse. They was like anything it may be explored animation, which in a lot of ways, I'm like it's already been done that way. Um, they might look at it from an animation standpoint, but they do not have any plans to do it. And if you think about it, this was their severance to Zach basically to say like you get your little name on it you could call it yours but once this is out it's out um i forgot her name who was running warner brothers but she basically said we're looking for brand new voices to tell our stories and i'm like oh, i think you should um Ken are you talking about uh ann Snar sarnoff yeah the ceo of a uh, warner media studios yeah mm -hmm. and um like Kevin said, Kevin said he loves to have new voices telling these stories because that's what keeps everything fresh and moving. I think they realized that Zach was, you know, you can say a mistake or maybe not the best investment and they're going to move on. Um, I think Zach knows that too. The fans have already acting a little toxic, but. A little. <laughs> um, you know, they're already trying to go after any other Warner Brothers pieces, but. The, the, the thing is, this was a four hour movie. Um, and for me, I, I found it to be pretentious and arrogant. Um, I had an early edition to look at, fell asleep the first time, could not get through. And then when I made the time to look at it, again, I was like, I don't know what we were trying to do. To the to this point, I'm like, I don't know what was trying to happen in this movie. Because what Joss gave us was a more colorized, he tried to humanize the characters. And again, to talk about Joss Whedon's version, I still say when y'all have to remember, this man was given this pot. It was basically like, well, here's this recipe. It's can you do, can you fix it? Cause it's too salty. It has too much stuff in it. Can, what can you do? It was like, you took a scoop and tried to, I said, like, I could take out half of it and then try to redo it. Or uh, I don't know, he, he did what he had to do with what he had. He tried to shoot new scenes, but he was also under budget and under the time crunch. So he couldn't do anything grandiose. He just had to do what was like, do what you gotta do with what, what we had. Zach was able to go back and reshoot and add things in and everything else. Overall, I felt like there was a reason why Zach cut a lot. Of, I mean, Josh cut a lot of stuff and I get that. Um, Cyborg, and I got into discussions over that because some people will say that that, was, that somebody said that, that was the most solid black superhero story that they've seen in a long time. And I was like, ah. Yeah, they said since Black Panther, I was like, okay, no. Whatever like, you smoke and put it down. I was like, yeah, I was like, I saw it. I was like, sir, like he was able to show emotion. I was like, brooding? 
That was the emotion. <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I, I enjoy the cyborg, the a more detailed story of cyborg. However, some of the parts didn't make sense. Like um, when his father killed himself, I was like, okay, what the hell was that for? Like it didn't it didn't feel like it was a, any significance. It just felt like, oh, well, it's I got I don't have any more lines, so I guess I better kill myself. Or <laughs> it, it just it just felt like it was just so random. Mm-hmm. And speaking of random, Zach, do not ever in your life use any more slow mos. Like I counted five thousand slow mos. <laughs> Like, it makes sense if you want to use slow-mos with Flash. I get that. But a random slow-mo of Lois just walking down the street in the pouring rain, giving a, a cop some coffee, and then some kind of song to go along with it. I'm like, what is that even? How is this going to uh, move the story along? And another thing, why is Lois walking around uh, whatever the case may be, Metropolis, A, working at the Daily Bugle, that uh, she ain't been to work in like, what, a year and a half? <laughs> and this bitch still got a job, number one. Yeah. Number two, like, they didn't give her anything to do. She's just walking around, looking mopey, looking like she, I know that she lost uh, Clark Kent and the love of her life and whatever, but I'm like, girl, at some point, you need to get yourself together, and first of all, get back the job for you, for you and uh, Clark's mama, be begging for uh, pennies under the freeway. I just like, like the disrespect to Lois as a character is to make her just some kind of weak woman, yeah, and falling behind some man, yeah, alien or not. It's just I'm like ugh, and then. <laughs> I didn't like the movie. I like parts of it. I didn't necessarily like the movie. The whole how it looked, it looked like literally the life was being drained out of the movie as far as the pick, the color. Mm-hmm. It just looked so muted and I'm like, why? What is the reasoning behind this? That It didn't make sense. No. And Step, Steppenwolf, poor baby, the only re- he just wanted a call from his dad, Daddy Darkside, and when Darkside or no, uh, the other one, Sade or whatever whatever his name was, when he said, "Uh, you got to bring us fifty more thousand worlds," and the face that Stephen Wolf made, he was like, "Oh shit," he looked so defeated. I was like, "Damn, how you gonna handle that, buddy?" That. But going back on Lois Lane, now I grew up with Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. Margot Kidder was Lois Lane. Like she gave you Lois Lane. Like you felt that. And that was a, I remember when, I think it was Superman 3, when she confronted Superman, she was like, because you know, Superman 2, he gave up his powers to be with her. She knew his secret identity. And then he gave her a kiss to erase her memory, whatever. And third one, she was like, no, I didn't forget. I did not forget. But life goes on, bitch. I'm all still, I got still got to do what I got to do. I got a job to do. I got to still get these, these articles out. And I was like, that, I said, I respected that. Cause I was like, she was heartbroken. 
but she knew at the bigger scheme of things he had to do what he had to do. She had to do what she had to do. Lois walking around here acting like Tony Braxton in um, Unbreak My Heart was like just too much. I'm like, she is basically, that was her, that was her entire thing. And then stopping Clark when he came back. And then the other thing that makes sense to me is Martian Manhunter. Now this man pops up. This is the new Wong. This is the Wong from the DC universe. Gonna pop up like, girl, get your life together. Go talk to Clark. Right. Then, I'm like, okay. Thank you for being here, Martian Manhunter, I guess. And then at the end, like telling Batman, you have inspired me to come back and fight. I'm like, so you've been sitting around, we've been fighting all damn day. You have the ability to phase through people, telekinetic, telekinesis. You can, you're telepath. You have all these super strength. You have great powers too. And your ass just been sitting at the coffee shop. Right. Ooh, girl, they in danger. I'll have the espresso, please. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why, would they, why are you with that? I've been like, then bitch, you can go back home. Cause you didn't do nothing. We sit up here, everybody fighting. We thought we about to die all over again. And you're going to mm-hmm. come you inspired. I'm like, you can go back to your planet. No, it's gone. Yeah, now, John. Yeah, John, John, you can John Clark, you can go on back where you need to go. I was like, you, what was the point of you? I didn't like you. I didn't like the movie. I felt mad because I sat through this movie. <laughs> Every time Wonder Woman show up, it was that damn... You know. That call. I'm like, okay, oh, y- y'all do not have to play that every fucking time. We get it. Yes, but every effing time they did it. Even with her mama and them. I'm mad because we could, we saw they we saw more of the Amazon, but it was like we saw them in their nightgown, in their um evening dress. <laughs> Whatever they were doing right. day. I'm like, I didn't even know that much about the Amazon. Damn, they didn't even do that much in Wonder Woman. So I'm like, okay. Let's talk about the cores singing to Aquaman because that I was like oh uh this uh sixpence none the richer as uh I was like okay they they're doing something and they look they reminded me of like a uh a Hungarian or Norwegian as uh, children of the corn I'm like this is scary and I should be afraid of myself. And why was Aquaman always in some Levi 505s? I know. I was like, can he? And, you know, I did not mind it. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and deny the fact that, yeah, I would have picked up the sweater and, and smelled it and kept it, too. Wore it. through intimate moments. All that great stuff. I get it. I totally get it. But I was like, he's, but it felt weird because was this supposed to have happened? Because when he was talking to Mara, Mara, it was like he didn't even know who she was. I'm like, didn't y'all just have a whole, like, was this after it? Because I'm like, how do you have the costume? But you didn't have that costume until Aquaman the movie. Like, I was like kind of confused. Like, when is this happening? Because right. you, you didn't know her, but you really didn't have this costume until your, I was like, I was confused. So I was like, I'm really confused. How much did he know about himself? Because it didn't feel like he, that was one thing. Flash, that that whole scene with Iris was creepy, and I'm like, first of all, was that the one where she had crashed into the? Yeah. Oh. And he gonna touch her hair. I'm like, first of all, you touching her without her permission. Then you gonna grab a hot dog. You just kind of show me all the creepiness <laughs> of 
of a white man who stays in the basement. Like, it, like you, that was creepy to me. I didn't really understand why we needed to see that scene. It didn't really move anything. Um, I know you said you like Cyborg. I, I felt Cyborg was unnecessary. It got to a point where I was like, well, then I'm like, if you would have died, I don't know if I would have felt bad. Cause I didn't, I didn't care about him because I was like, you're brooding, you're mad. Yes, you lost everything. But we got Batman for that. We already got somebody who's brooding and crying every day. Right. I don't need to see it from you. I didn't need to see this whole football slow motion scene that didn't really move the story. Just remember the Titans as I do. I do like I did appreciate showing how your abilities work when you were plugged into the system. That was neat. But I didn't think we needed to go back to Nazi Germany. <laughs> like I'm like, do we need right, to go I was like, oh, okay, this this is the same. Explain something that still didn't really. A lot of the things that Zach added back in did not move the story forward. It just made it more l bigger than what it needed to be. Stephen Wolf to me, I would never understand why he was even the one. Why was uh, he so damn strong? Like I don't remember him being that strong no. in Justice League, the cartoon. Yeah. And then Dark Side. So let's talk about Dark Side. So there was that scene where they he fought the gods and the Antilanians and then the humans. And mm -hmm. some of the Green Lantern folks. There was one. There was one fucking Green Lantern. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was, I don't know why I was thinking, but was that in Joss's version? Anyway, here we are. The minute he step off the ship, Diana, the goddess Diana, shoots him with an arrow. Mm-hmm. Bitch goes down. They had to carry his ass back into the damn ship. I'm like, I was like, okay. So how are you conquering planets? It took <laughs> that one arrow, a couple of beats from other people, and you out. You're out. Right. You're out. So and I saw, you know, there was a lot of memes like who will win Thanos and Dark Side. I was like, Thanos, because Thanos was whooping the Hulk's ass without all of the gauntlet, all the mm. rings. Whooped him, shook him, had him shook for two ass movies. Right. So like, I think uh, Darkseid had a cold or was just getting over COVID or something. Something, because I was like, they took, she shot you once and you had to be carried in by all of the, <laughs> those damn things. I was like, and then I was like, Dark, what was the point of showing us Darkseid? He wasn't doing nothing. I remember when they, when they was introduced in Thanos, they was show, they they showed Thanos at the end. They didn't, he wasn't like lurking around just there for no reason. I was like, why they show him? They show, you know, Elizabeth Warren, granny goodness. Uh-uh, don't do her like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not Elizabeth Warren. It looked like Elizabeth Warren. I was like, I don't understand. Then then when they did open the, per the portal, he didn't come through. It was like, you know, I was like, he would just watch as they there and beat Stephen Wolf's ass. I'm mad at man came up there and blew up his little axe and then that little kick. I was like, oh I kind of, I don't know if I feel, maybe I feel a little bad for uh, Stephen Wolf because he was doing all this just for approval. Everybody had daddy issues in that movie. Yeah, that was a theme. That was like I was like, theme. oh, so everybody needs to, you know, go to therapy or something. Um, but and another thing I didn't, I noticed that, so the scene where Wonder Woman saves the, the hostages, in Josh's version, it was done in a way that where everything she did was protecting the hostages. 
this version put them more, the way she busts through the door put them in danger. The way that, um, the way she, because in the in Joss's version, she threw the case up um, and didn't leave them. And this one, she left them. So the man, yeah, he was trying to kill him again, but she killed the man. I was about to say, like, did she fucking disintegrate this man? Because after she clanked her uh, her little gauntlets or whatever, he just was just gone. I was like, well, goddamn, Diana, did you have like, to do that like that? That's different than, you know, 1984, when she could have killed all those men at the mall, she didn't do none of that. She just dropped them down in the police car. Um, I was like, wow, so we just... We just kind of up on that to murder. Just getting to the point. Of, yeah, I was like, y'all just not even doing the code of heroes. Y'all just do what you got to do. And I just felt like, wow, that was interesting. But um, I laughed at all the times when you know when 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 she was in her normal wear. She's up her wear, and I wish we we have to ask Dax exclamation point about this. All her outfits were high fashion. I'm like, where is she fucking shopping? Like. First of all, when she uh, got the, when she went to that uh, ancient site or whatever, she had on like the highest of heels. <laughs> I was like, bitch, you ain't got no flats. You ain't got no, no regular clothes or no casual clothes. You ain't got no shorts or, you know, nothing. She's up there in some uh, Louboutins, six inch stilettos and this whole, what's she wearing? Like this white, uh, cream color as uh, I own 50% of this company outfit. I'm like, girl. Yeah, even when she was doing work on that statue, she's wearing, I think she was wearing Gucci or something like that. I'm like, ma'am, you make $64,000 a year as a, uh, as a uh, museum anthropologist. Now, I don't know what you did all these 70 years, but I'm like, how are you affording your budget, these clothes, I'm like, well, they digging up a grave. And remember, it took four of them to dig up a, a regular ass grave. That's what I was going, why does it th- it's four, y'all. Superheroes mm-hmm. and Batman, five. But it took four of y'all to dig up this grave. Diana's wearing this expensive ass outfit. I'm like, do you have, at least Linda Carter, when she would change, she had a swimming outfit, a skateboarding outfit, a bike outfit. Could you spin and have on... Our partner was like, Wonder Woman, you've been here for 70 years. You don't have like a, like a, what's her name from um, that damn game, the, the, the one that uh, Lauren. Katniss everything. Not her, but the one um, Angelina Jolie played her. Tomb oh, like a, a Tomb Raider outfit, like a, <laughs> something like, and Wonder Woman's had different outfits over the years. You could have had like on the wonder pants or something, something. I'm like, something. It's like, I'm going to give you this fashion and you're going to take it. I know, y'all had all of these fashions. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Um, the So the the nightmare and the whole, uh, the nightmare scenes and the flashpoint scenes. So we got a little bit of that for no reason. So at the very end, they are in the future. Um, and they're, they're going after Dark Side and the Joker's in this. So that's when they added the Joker in it. That scene was still useless. I was like, what was the point of adding him in here? It doesn't, again, we're not even, 
it felt like this movie was just going in a direction that it would know that none of this would be explored next time. I mean, it's not going to be regardless. And like, it just, all of the stuff that was let on the cutting floor was like Frankenstein and put back together into this movie. And a lot of people, I, I don't understand. Like a lot of people loved it and I'm failing to see how they did like legit because it doesn't make sense to me from like a storytelling standpoint how do you all like this did you like it for like all the cameos did you like it for the slow-mos did you like it for the fights there's still like that element of the fighting in dc that doesn't seem and i hate to i hate to use them as the the benchmark it doesn't seem like it's on par with Marvel's MCU like it it just seems like it's there's relying heavy, heavily too much on CGI and it's just I don't know it, it yeah. just feels so yeah that was some I was really bad but I agree with you there's like I think about when Black Widow fights like you feel those fights because she does fighting they're fighting even as when much they as I don't like her yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even in the Civil War, when they fought each other, those fights felt like, okay, these are fights. I'm feeling it. These are fights. They, they fight and they're using their abilities and powers. Even in um, Endgame and Infinity uh, War and Endgame, you felt those fights. Um, I did not feel those fights. And I think I, I posted the, the for, for Megashop, put up the fight with Captain America, took up the, the um, Thor's hammer. I was like, that was a moment where you felt the mm -hmm. fight of all that. I couldn't really feel the fights. I couldn't really feel the, I didn't really care at the characters. I, I just feel like this movie was just for the fans only. It didn't, I don't think it brought any new people in. I think it was like, okay, because I think we all know that it's going to be something totally different um, going forward. So overall, I didn't care for it, but we did get, and I guess we're jumping to something else that we probably should have put in the T, but Suicide Squad sequel is coming out. Um, and that looks like that's more congruent with what they're trying to do. And now they have James Gunn, who is probably going to do the movie justice um, to where it's going to fit what we will normally will see from that. Um, if y'all haven't been watching the Harley Quinn series that's on HBO Max, it all Hilarious. makes and I, I'm, I'm just now getting into it. I'm like, that's smart. That was smart to do that. Uh -huh. I do feel like what Justice League, this version did was just kind of, it gave, it showed me this is why they're going in a new direction because they could not, they cannot survive going in. If they kept Zach in this, it just will not survive well. Um, and to know that it's underperforming under Wonder Woman and Aquaman right now, um, is basically telling us or that Warner Brothers, like, we made the right decision. That's why I feel like there's like, we made the right decision to move forward with what we need to do. They brought in Ava, they bring in other people, James Gunn, they know what they need to do. And I'm, I'm going to trust their judgment. I can't trust the fans. Judgment. I said, y'all, you don't have the job they have. So I'm not going to uh -huh. listen to all. I'm going to listen to the ones who are getting paid millions to make these decisions. Um, so 
you know, the movie dropped, it's out there. The gray version is out, so you can watch it in black and white if you want to. But I, there were parts of it that I enjoyed, like obviously the Amazons. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, it's just like, like we we don't like. Please get y'all shit together before you try to do this expansive ass world that doesn't make any sense. Yes, like I still didn't understand. I was like, why does Batman know? that they need to have, oh, the, all these Earths, uh, a war is coming and I need to build a team. And I'm like, well, how do you know that girl? <laughs> I, just yeah. start it over, just fucking start it over. What I like about the Avengers was they were dealing with Loki. They didn't realize that Loki was about to bring in this whole another planet, but they were mm-hmm. dealing with him and they were, everything was coming together. They're like, oh my God, he's about to do this. Y'all could, you have four hours. <laughs> to do all of it four hours compared to two hours that they had in um, Avengers so I'm glad it's over I'm I'm glad I watched it but I would not watch it again I, I oh hell no watching again I'm like I'm with you with this fact that who then I saw people who loved it and I'm like okay that's that's you um people who were willing to argue with me um all about Cyborg, which I'm like, he could die because I just didn't care. But I'm glad Ray got his scenes. I'm happy that he got his scenes. Right. I do think that his story would be better suited if someone else takes it over. Maybe a Morgan Spurlock. Maybe somebody else who can get in there and tell that man's story. Ava, somebody can do it, um, but not like this. So I'm glad he got his scenes even though I didn't really understand the point of this scene. Even though they killed all the black folks, basically it felt like I, th- this movie could have just stayed back on the floor, to be honest with you. Right. Well, that's all we really need to say about it, to be honest with you. Right, if you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. Um... I mean, if you have anything else to do, I would advise you to do that thing other than watch the movie. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, well, that's it for us. Goodness. That <laughs> is it. Uh, as always, you can find us on social media. We are at Megashine1 on Twitter, Megashine on Facebook, and Instagram. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Sound, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pandora. Um, We have a website, uh, potoftheshing.com. Anything else? No, that is it. Um, But we'll be back. Um, And yeah, so we'll see you soon. Take care, y'all.